0: They're small or big, they're fun and fast. These are something that everybody wants. They're the halo models, the vehicles that bring you in even if you can't afford to purchase them. These are the vehicles that everyone wants. But really, how do you signify each portion of this division? It's bigger than you really think it is. And the chain has almost 40 attachments to it. Today, we're going to take a look at the sports car chain and how it goes from its bottom sense all the way up to the top tier. What do you consider everything in that chain? Listen in as the doctor explains the sports car chain. Autolux Podcast coming to you anytime, anywhere from around the globe on any major streaming site from Autolux.net welcome back to the autolux podcast i am your host as always the doctor to the automotive industry mr everett j coming to you from our main website at autolux.net if you haven't been there stop by check it out go to the corporate websites and you know play around with some of the stuff on there it's pretty good it's got tons of info and it's got images pertaining to every podcast you can listen to inclusive of all our podcasts as well besides that We are available on every major streaming service in the world, inclusive of Spotify and even iTunes, on top of 38 others that we are known to be attached to. So welcome to the doctor industry, autolux.net. So as I said in the intro, there is a massive chain in the sports car world, a chain that not a lot of people know about. A lot of people will just look at certain sports cars and go, well, that's just a sports car. A Supra is a sports car, a uh, Skyline is a sports car, um, You know, a 356 Ferrari is a sports car, a uh, Lamborghini Hurricane is a sports car, they're all just sports cars, well, when you talk to somebody as myself who dives so deep into the automotive industry and knows each and every tiny little segment out there, inclusive of some that people don't even want to consider, real segments. We get to break down that entire chain for you. Because we know the chain. How we help build the chain? And we know how the chain is growing. There are a few more links being added. and There's a few links that could possibly be taken away. But those links will always be there. From past to present to future, the links will always have a place in history in the automobile sports car chain. Now, at the very bottom of the sports car chain is what you would call the key sports cars you know those key cars from japan like little micro cars like the uh dahatsu copen suzuki cappuccino the Autozem az1 like tiny tiny little key cars these are the ones that are the smallest of the small but the honda beat that you played with on gran turismo are the smallest of the small they're key cars Not much more bigger than a motorcycle. From there, you start moving up into the mini sports market. Now, the sports car market was really popular in the late 80s and early 90s. When you get products like the Fiero, the Pulsar, the CRX, the MR2, the MX3, and hell, even the Saturn SC2. You wouldn't consider every single one of those products a coupe. Because they're built off dedicated platforms. Or they're a dedicated product built off of existing platform they are sports cars but they are mini sports cars these are smaller engines smaller capacity usually only built for two people if you try and get more than two people in it well they're, they're getting a little tight there but they're how you enter the sports car ring these are the ones that were one step up from the key cars key cars were only really big in asia in North America, we had the mini sports category, where a product like the Fiero or even the Miata got you into the sports car market at a younger age because you were able to afford those products more so than the actual sports coupe marketplace one step up from there. You know, products like the Paseo, the 200SX, the Ford Pro, Hyundai S-Coupe, the Beetle and Scion TC, and the Prelude. Get remember, the Prelude is essentially a Honda Accord 2 but the Honda Accord already had a two-door version. And unlike its younger sibling, the Civic Coupe, the Honda Coupe, was around for quite a long time. It actually outlived the Prelude. But the Prelude was a standalone model. Yeah, it was built off the Accord platform, but it was a standalone model. Some of them even coming with quad steer in them. It makes them fall into the sports coupe market. It's not an actual coupe model. Like, a coupe model would be a four-door sedan turned into a two-door. Because that's how we know old coops work. They all have standardized four-door versions as well. Like the Honda Accord Coupe. But sports coupes, those are your preludes. Moving up from sports coops, you actually get into the actual sports car market. Now a sports car market is one step up from the sports coupe market because these vehicles are actually built for handling and speed. It's not just all about great looks. The sports coupe like the Prelude were built for good looks and a little bit of fun. The mini sports were built for fun but at a cheaper rate. The sports car category, inclusive of products like the Celica, the 240SX, and the Mazda MX-6. Hell, even today, the Toyota 86 and Subaru BRZ fall into the sports car category. They're small enough for entry-level ports this is how you get people into the sports car world this used to be one of the main entry points for kids getting into the automobile industry these are the kids that had a little bit more money or saved a little bit longer they're the ones that wanted the kick-ass sports cars they're the ones that wanted the mitsubishi eclipse or the dodge daytona or the rx8 they're the ones that wanted the entry-level sports car they don't want a sedan they don't want a truck they don't want a SUV. they wanted a sports car they wanted to have fun and look good while doing it but at a great price from sports cars you move into what you call the small touring cars and the touring cars are dedicated sports cars now what's the difference between as we said sports cars and a small touring car well sports cars aren't all in when it comes to an actual sport appeal a touring car is something you can actually use for longer durations at a higher rate of speed sports cars just make you look good and get around a touring car like a porsche cayman a mazda rx7 or even the nissan Z coupe a product of the touring car you can call them sports cars all you want but they are one step up the Z was the top of the class you had your 200 sx your 240 sx well actually let's take a look at it nissan had a pretty good category when it came to this sports cars they went from Back in the day, the Pulsar, to the 200SX, to the 240SX, to the 300ZX. And those were the sports cars, all moving into that touring car. Now, why do we say touring car? Because would you really consider a Porsche Cayman a sports car? No, it doesn't classify in the same likes as a Dodge Daytona. It is one step up from that. It's more of a touring car. It's comfortable. It's relaxing. It's something you spend a lot of money on to have fun with. But if you're willing to spend a little bit more, you move into what we call the mid- touring car market where you get the original nsx the mclaren F-70s, the aston martin vantage ferrari roma lotus Amira, and, and this is where the nissan gtr sits yes the gtr does sit slightly above where its counterparts do gotta remember the skyline is one step above the 300 where if the super is made to compete on the direct scale of the 300 in both price and power what does that make the skyline one step above which means it's going up against things like mclaren's and ferraris in the mid touring car market from there, we get into one of the most notable categories anyone could think of. Once you move out of mid-touring car, you get into what you call the GTS category, or Grand Touring Sports. So these aren't Grand Touring cars. They look like Grand Touring cars. They're the biggest Grand Touring cars, but they don't have the comforts of a Grand Touring car. These are Grand Touring Sports cars. These are products like your Viper, your New Age NSX, your Carrera, Audi R8, Lamborghini Huracans, and Ferrari 296s. They're a step step above your entry point where mid touring cars are more of an entry point for major sports car manufacturers like ferrari mclaren lotus and lamborghini the gts category is their bread and butter stable these are the products that usually make the sports car companies think about it the carrera 4s 296 gtb ferrari lamborghini huracan the ferrari f8 Triturbo, gordon murray t33 corvette c8 and hell, this is where you start moving into your McLaren 650S. It's a grand touring sport. These are like your balls deep, fun cars. These are the ones you go all in and you spend good money on. But if you want a little bit more creature comforts, you could still get that power, but you want Comfort along with it, you start moving into what you call the GT category, Grand Touring. We you get your Aston Martin DB11, the F-type Jaguar, the Grand Turismo Maserati, Lotus Evora, McLaren GT, Mercedes AMG GT, or just a standard 911. I get it. The Lotus Evora seems kind of weird to be in a GT category. You would actually almost think it's more of a GTS. But then again, remember the Evora also has a GT model in its lineup. These are ones built for creature comfort. I always tell my wife this as a McLaren GT would be a great car to go away on weekends in. it's comfortable. We could put luggage in it and it's fast and fun. That is what a GT is all about. Now from this point we've been talking about standard sports cars. These have all been hard top products. What about the convertibles Everett? Where did they fit in? Well, if a grand touring car is at the very top of the food chain for the sports car industry, what's at the top of the food chain in the convertible industry? From key sports, you go key convertibles, which again, Honda Beat, Honda S660, Daihatsu Kopen open top. Suzuki Cappuccino these are your key cars with an open top they're key convertibles then you move into the roadster category and roadsters basically follow along with mini sports models so you're talking about your old MGBs 124 Spiders MGTF Saturn Skies Mazda MX-5s and even the Pontiac Solstice these were products built for fun they're the weekend warrior cars they're the entry-level small engine weekend warriors step up from there you naturally move into convertible sports Sports cars where you get your Paseo convertible, Beetle convertible, you know the the coops, right? Or if the Prelude had a convertible model, it would be in the convertible sports coupe. Then you move into your v- convertible sports cars. All along the same lines as your standard sports cars. Your Sylvias, your Crossfires, your 718 Boxsters, and TTs. Now from there, it gets a little tricky. Because convertibles don't go the exact same way as the previous market. Where the small touring car market falls more in line with the GTS Roadsters. Because convertible markets are so fickle. So it's GT1s with the Portofino M. The Aston Martin Roadster, 570 Spyder, McLaren, or the Boxster GTS. The Boxer itself is in the sports car category, but the GTS is one step up. These are your go fun and yet entry level convertible sports cars. From there, you move into the main product stable that everybody knows Spiders. Spiders are actually the convertible counterparts to GTS products. So the R8 Spider, the 600LT Spider, the F8 Spider, the Huracan Evo Spider, the 650S Spider, they're spiders. The Spider is your Grand Touring Sports. From there, you move naturally into your GT Roadster, where again, you get products like your Panos Esperante, BMW Z8, Lexus LSC50, Grand Cabrio Maserati. Hell, even the DBS Superleggera Volante and the 911 Cabriolet moves into a, a GT roadster. From there, we move up into one of the, a notable category that's actually starting to have a bit of a rise in this industry: the speedster market. Now, what is a speedster? A speedster is essentially a convertible without a windscreen. The McLaren Elva, the Aston Martin V12 Speedster, or the Ares S1 Project Spider. Have a lackluster windscreen. From there, you move into products that are target tops. Now, target tops can fall into any major category. You get your Del Souls, your Lotus Leases, your MX5 Rss, and 911 Targets. Target top is just a different variation of a format, similar to that of like a T top which is the next category. It's just a different way of getting your convertible. So the original Viper RT10 was in the Targa category. It still classifies as a grand touring sports car, but has a Targa top. Just like how the 300ZX and even the Nissan NX Pulsar had Targa tops. Now getting away from what's sitting on top of your vehicles and going through the different variations, after we get the Grand Touring products, we start moving out of the sports car market into the next main category of the flow. This category is just starting to take off. You can hear more about it on one of our previous podcasts titled Active Sports Cars. Now, what is an active sports car? The Lancia Stratos is one of the original examples of an active sports car. The Audi Quattro. How Nissan even had the Pulsar EXA Sportback which is similar to that of a shooting brake, but still classifies in a sports car. They're an active sports car. They're built for an active lifestyle, but they're just small sports cars. One step up from that you get the active GTS, where you get products like the Gabella Marcian, the original 959 off-road, or hell, even remember the Porsche 911 Rothmans racer, off-road, an active GTS. These vehicles go off-road, so you can take a product like a Viper and go flying around down the back roads. in the active sports car market and as we said we get the sports car category we get the gds category and we have the gt category the gd category yet to be filled by one of the top line products now, close up with sports cars, we have our classic sports cars. Why do we have classic sports cars? Well, classic sports cars are vehicles that fall into a sports car category and give the illusion of past designs. Caterham 7, Morgan Plus 4, Panos, AIV Roadster, hell, even the Plymouth Prowler, are all classifications of a classic sports car image. They have a classic look with new age technology. Up from there, you start moving into track focused vehicles. Now, this is a category which we don't have in north america and i really wish we did because some of the track cars are amazing you can probably think of them right now right like the ariel adam the ktx expo donker 4 gto volo 5 the Bachmano, or in north america we have that radical sr3 interesting things but north america they're only built for going to the racetrack Our next category in a sports world one is one that will freak out tons of people. This one is kind of a different variation. It falls along two lines. It falls along sports cars and motorcycles as you get into the cycle. Or as we call them, trikes. Morgan Three Wheeler, Polaris Slingshot. They have three wheels. They have an essential tracks inspiration to them, but only on three wheels. So you get the trike appeal. And at the very end of the sports car lineup, you will find the category that fits into every major automotive segment in the world. They have products inclusive of just about everyone. And that would be coach build. People utilizing pre-existing sports cars like the Boldman CR4 using the BMW Z4 or the Othela Coupe using a previous BMW Z8 to build their car off of. These are people who are utilizing standard platforms, similar to that of Mitsuoka uses other people's platforms to build their own cars. Sports car industry has their own with the coach build sports cars. Now in a world today, we can see how this gets very confusing. How do you classify all these things, Everett? How do you have files for every single one of these? Well, every year when we break it down, we break it down to the standard categories. Key sports cars, mini sports, sports coupes, sports cars, touring cars, GTS, GT. And then from there, if we have enough of them, we will put into the speedsters and act the sports car market. Same with the class that can track but trikes usually get lumped in with track cars coach build usually just gets lumped in to whatever category they situate themselves in a lot of times grand touring so all in all there's about 11 different categories in the automotive sports car world because really a convertible and a coupe are the same damn thing one is just a bit heavier than the other So yeah, that was the sports car chain. And I hope you followed along, where if you didn't, we'll bring them back to you. At the beginning, key sports cars and key convertible. Then you move up to mini sports cars and roadsters. You get the sports coupes and convertible sports coupes. Sports cars, convertible sports cars. Small and mid-touring cars, the GTS roadsters. The grand touring sports and the spider counterparts. The grand touring car with the GT roadsters. Then you get your speedsters, your active sports cars, your classic, your tracks, and your coach build. All making a part of the sports car chain. So in the end, do we really need this many different categories for sports cars? Well, if you're like myself and you have a massive list and a massive amount of images of cars on your computer for work, you need to break it down to make it easier to find things. You can't just put 10,000 images into one mass folder and be able to find them as easy as pie when you're working on stuff. No, you got to break it down. You got to make it easier and more acceptable for anyone to find information. So when you start breaking it down to better organize yourself on your desktop, you start to notice that there are a multitude of different segments out there because you're probably all thinking, well, hell, Everett, like it's just sports cars, the 570, the 650, the 720. They're all McLarens. They're all sports cars. They're all going to take my money. Well, no, they all are part of the sports car company, but they all have their own categories. So if you like that podcast, please like, share or comment on any of our social feeds send this out to your friends family and let us know what type of sports car you own hell if you don't know what category it fits into send us a picture of your car and we will tell you where it fits and what the competition is trust me when you have questions just ask the doctor of the automotive industry i know the segments in the market better than even some of the companies that are out there some of the companies that are building vehicles some of them even think that they have products competing on the same level when in fact they are actually in two different segments all together so ask the great doctor and find out who's your competitor and where your vehicle stands in the sports car chain and after that stop by autolux.net and check out the website check out the corporate sites while you get your competition from me go and check out all of their websites see the products they have these days and see some of the other competitors that you've never even heard of before some of their websites it's all available to you on the autolux.net website so, for myself, Everett J, the Autolux.net podcast, and Autolux.net, strap yourself in for this one fun wild ride. The sports car world is going to take us on.